Welcome to Dream Makers, candid conversations with women that will change the way that you see success, purpose, and what it takes to bridge the two. I'm Neha Sampat, a three-time tech founder and CEO with a focus on companies that are places to dream big, build up, and be a good human. I'm CEO of Content Stack and also a certified sommelier. So yes, we drink wine here. <laughs> I'm joined by Nikki Barua and Monica Marquez, co-founders of Beyond Barriers, a performance acceleration platform that helps companies retain talent and advance women in leadership at scale. They're committed to making the world more equitable in work, life, and community. Today, we're going to talk about women in leadership, increasing cultural competency, and building and scaling a business. Let's get started. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi, so great to see you. It is so good to see you. I'm so thrilled that we found a way to connect and a really good reason to get together. Yes. Uh, it's been a while. We are old friends and we haven't had a chance to connect in a while, partially because there's a pandemic, if you've heard of that. <laughs> and also we've all moved to different places since we last connected. So it's great to be together. And building a great company and make us all proud. So lots of reasons, lots of reasons. to celebrate <laughs> as well. Everybody here is doing exciting things. So we're going to dig into that a little bit more. So you both have a background in helping companies be future ready in different ways. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about what that means. Well, my background is in innovation and I've basically spent my entire career helping companies adapt to change and get future ready. I used to always say I'm in the business of making elephants run. And it's really an imperative because the world is changing so fast that unless you're future ready, you're going to get left behind. And while you can't predict the future, you can always develop the skill set and mindset to be able to respond to whatever happens. Yeah. And I am an expert in diversity, equity, inclusion, and have over two decades of experience of working at various different companies in this space and really helping women and uh, underrepresented groups, making sure that they were accelerating in their career as equally as their non-diverse peers. So... Awesome. So lots of really great experience here in the room, and we're going to learn more about all of that. But first, and very importantly, we're going to taste the wine. As everybody knows, when we start these podcasts, I always like to send my guests a bottle and I have the same bottle. So we're tasting the same wine together since we can't be in the same room today. And this is a 2018 Chateau Lalande from the San Julian region. So cheers, ladies. Cheers. cheers. So this specific wine and this estate is actually located in a very small family-owned area. And it's at the entrance of the St. Julian region, which is famous for a lot of Grand Cru, Grand Cru wines. And this one has exceptional terroir. And I specifically picked it out because both Nikki and Monica suggested that they like Cabernet Sauvignon wines. And I wanted to find something unique, but also in line with what they enjoy. And so I picked this one because I like that it's a family-owned winery. It was recently brought back to a lot of recognition because the family and the current generation moved on site and had been managed offsite for a really long time. So now there, there's a lot of attention being paid to it. They're trying to make a really nice award-winning wine. And it's been done with a lot of expertise in winemaking. And so this one is a really good example of the region. It brings a lot of dark red fruit. And when I first poured it, it's hard to see the color on the Zoom, but it's a really beautiful red, like a deep burgundy. And and it's almost like there's almost a glow to it, which I think is pretty unique. So we're going to have a quick taste. Mm, It's delicious. It's so big and so Mm -hmm. bold black and red fruit. Actually, get like the black, black currant, black yeah. currant for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, 
And that's pretty typical of this region. So it's, I think, a good example. 2018 is a bit young. If Mm -hmm. listeners want to buy this wine, I'd suggest you hold on to it for maybe three or four years or longer because it will age really nicely. But we're enjoying it today because that's what we do. (laughs) Why wait? So Beyond Barriers, you two conceptualized that whole concept during your honeymoon. (laughs) Share a little bit about that origin with us. Yeah, it's uh, quite a story. And Neha, you were there through the engagement and wedding. And so you know our story. But one of the things that Monica and I both shared is this belief in something bigger than us. And we both were driven by this yearning and this calling for a bigger purpose to create impact. But he hadn't quite talked about what that meant for each of us or for us together. So while we were on a honeymoon, we did this exercise where we both wrote a letter independently describing our vision for the future and what kind of impact we wanted to create and how we wanted to live our lives in service of something. And then we swapped those letters mm-hmm. and lo and behold, we discovered that we had a very similar vision of what we wanted to create mm-hmm. and basically make the world more inclusive, more innovative, more equitable for all. And it wasn't so much about just serving women. It was more about a world that's designed by each of us. So it's great for all of us. And that idea just stuck. Of course, we were both doing very different things at the time, (laughs) but we couldn't get that idea out of our head and realizing that perhaps the universe had brought us together for something bigger. And that was it. And once you put something down on paper, it it takes roots in our minds and in our lives and everything from that point on in July of 2018 led to all of that coming to life and making the transition to making that dream come true. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such an important and powerful message to write things down. I remember during my MBA, one of my professors always said, never underestimate the importance of clearly written expectations. And it was something that just stuck with me. And it Mm -hmm. was always about you know, if you write it down and it makes you think about it and it makes you talk about it and then it manifests into reality. And I think that's such a powerful thing that you've shared with our listeners. Yes. So tell us what was so important about wanting to make the world more equitable and and develop people more professionally. Like, what is it about that that gets you excited? I think, you know, for me, it's the transfer of knowledge. I mean, the lived experience of being a first-generation Latina, first-generation corporate, and really finding yourself in a place where you really didn't know what you didn't know and learning to navigate that culture and, you know, falling down many times and dusting yourself off and getting back up and finding those individuals who kind of took you under your wing and kind of showed you the way. But it was a lot of trial and error. And I think, you know, for me, it was like, it shouldn't be this hard. You know, there should be more people that look like me in this place. So really transfer of knowledge. How do you put the ladder down? How do you show others, you know, if they can see it, they can be it and they can accelerate their career and get where they want to get in half the time I did, right? They don't have to fall down as many times as I did. For me, you know, I come from the tech and innovation world. And when I thought about what the future is ahead of us, it's so exciting. All the possibilities ahead of us, right? I mean, every industry is being disrupted and reinvented. The possibilities are endless. I truly believe that more wealth and more innovation and more impact will be created in the next decade than in the past 100 years. 
And unless women are equipped to participate and have access, our voices, our perspectives will not take part in the product services solutions that are being developed. And that's a loss for everyone, not just for mm-hmm. women. And, and there's also a gain for, for companies and for society to tap into all of human potential. Right. And so being able to prepare that talent to make them future ready and therefore also participate in the economic returns of that. There was a huge motivation when I thought about it from a tech and innovation standpoint. Mm -hmm. So you both touched on two things that I'm super passionate about it. And Nikki, you said access and Monica, you described relatability. And I think those two together is what will actually make the world more equitable and create a more level playing field. And I, I just love the work that you're doing there. I'm curious how you see each of you playing a unique role in this partnership? What makes it so special and and so perfect? Innovation, inclusion. (laughs) Quite simply, what we're doing sits at the intersection of that. My experience has been about helping large companies get future ready and do things at scale. And Monica's experience is as a subject matter expert in diversity, inclusion, and leadership development. So bringing those two things together as a subject matter expert that really thinks about pioneering, but being able to offer that at scale, because yes, you can do it at a small scale, but if you want to change the world or rather save the world, you've got to do things at a much bigger scale. So that's um, how our partnership comes together. Absolutely. Monica, you've been referred to as the MacGyver of marginalized. (laughs) What does that mean? Well, you know, I've always had this sense or this drive and this curiosity of always solving problems. And so, you know, there's a MacGyver in me that'll figure something out with a pencil and a paperclip and like, how do you, you know, get things done? And, you know, working in the DNI space, sometimes you are very limited by bandwidth, by budget, by, you know, whatever it is, but really trying to create opportunity for the underdog, even when you may not have all the resources that you need or not very many resources. I can be very resourceful and just finding a way and creating opportunity for others when you just don't think the opportunity is there. It's like, no, you, you will definitely, we will find this opportunity and we will all be better for it. You mentioned earlier, extending the ladder down. I think a lot of that ties back to finding opportunities where they might not exist. And it looks like that's part of your work. Nikki, you've been referred to as the Darwin of the digital age. (laughs) what What do you believe that means? Well, you know, Darwin was all about adapting to change, right? The thesis of evolution and adapting to change. Well, in the world that we're living in today, it's not just survival of the fittest. It's also survival of the fastest. And that means we have to adapt and become more agile and be constantly learning and be constantly future ready at a pace that we've never seen before. And that requires a whole different approach, both for individuals and organizations. And that's really what my passion and expertise lies in. So Nikki, you're an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur like I am, and this is not your first rodeo, but for our listeners that are kind of new to entrepreneurship and that are trying to figure out how to take an idea from a concept to a real life business, like how did you go about doing that? What advice would you have? Well, first of all, focus on something, a problem that you're passionate about. Often it's easy to get stuck on an idea or a solution, mm-hmm. but solutions evolve. It's the problem that you're so deeply passionate about solving where even if the idea, the product solution changes, it's okay. So finding the right category that you want to focus on is a great first step. But then to me, it's all about really listening to your customer, understanding what they want, understanding how to best serve them. 
And ultimately, the success of any business is just about team, team, team. (laughs) You know, (laughs) advice one, two, and three is always going to be team, team, and team. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good advice. And it's the hardest part, but also the most powerful part of running. It really is. Yes. Because, you know, there's always going to be a better competitor, you know, or someone with more funding or the world changes on you like the pandemic. But with an unstoppable team, success becomes inevitable one way or another. Absolutely. Let's dig into your business a little bit more. So how do you describe what Beyond Barriers is solving for? Yeah. So, you know, what we're solving for is really helping companies unlock the full potential of the entire workforce. If you really think about what every company's distinct competitive advantage is, it's talent. Talent is the make or break for any company. And yet when you lose the talent, it's costly. And when you unlock the potential, it's a huge benefit. And yet companies are sitting there with 50% of the workforce that might not feel seen or heard or feel like they belong. And that leads to disengagement, that leads to retention issues. And so what we're doing is helping these companies tap into provide the resources, the relationships, and the a scalable solution to unlock the full potential of their female talent and also develop that leadership pipeline. That's why we call it, it's all about performance acceleration. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the business model, how it works. So it's a subscription-based model. We partner with companies that onboard their female employees and essentially pay for membership to uh, the platform. And once they get onto the platform, they're able to choose the right cohorts, the right learning skills, and expert facilitators and instructors that guide them through a step-by-step transformation process. And it's the kind of thing that not only empowers the woman to develop her skills and gain momentum at a very rapid pace, but for companies to be able to do this because it's priced at scale to offer it to a global talent pool and also have consistency and measurability in the outcomes. So measurability, how do you think about measuring success? And and you talk about a momentum metric. What does that mean? So we have a momentum metric that really serves as a diagnostic for the women, and it's really a self-assessment. They score themselves against 25 essential elements that we've identified that are either roadblocks, barriers, or really accelerators in the workplace. And so the women go, they score themselves, then they look at their score and they can really understand where they need to focus. And so all of our kind of content in the initial kind of accelerator is mapped to that diagnostic. And so it's kind of like getting a a diagnosis from a doctor and you know what it is that you need to focus on or treat. It's a little bit like that. So it really helps them understand where they're at. And then over the course of the, of the accelerator and um, they will retest and their score will constantly change and shift. And it's interesting. Sometimes it may dip a little bit because you realize you don't know what you don't know. And then they start really gaining a lot of confidence, understanding and clarity and their score will reflect that as well. What we found consistently, and we've been measuring the momentum metric across a global population, including folks that are not part of the Mm -hmm. Beyond Barriers platform. So we've just been using that as a global diagnostic and a benchmark that we can test against. And in general, the average score, the baseline score tends to be about in the mid 40s or so. Folks that, you know, go through the Beyond Barriers experience are all in the high 90s. So there's a very significant growth in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. It must be really empowering to be able to measure what you've done, where you were and where you where you ended up as a result of participating and being a part of the community. 
Yeah, it's even more exciting to anecdotally hear from the participants of the impact it's had on their life, their career, their mindset. And we've often asked them, if you had to describe Beyond Bears in one word, what would that word be? And consistently, the same word is used, transformative. So beyond the numbers and the momentum metric, I think the most powerful feedback is to hear them all described as transformative. Because that tells us what we're doing matters. What we've created is truly changing lives. That to me feels like enough to convince companies to invest. But in general, what else do you use to help companies feel like they want to invest in the platform? What's in it for them? What does that look like? Yeah, for most organizations, they have a desire to invest in their talent, but historically, the existing solutions are not really designed for scale nor addressing women at the early to mid-career stage. Most companies have access to expensive executive education or coaching and things like that that is typically offered at the senior levels. Well, at that point, most women have kind of figured it out already or have their own resources to for that. It's really the early to mid-career where the gap is, and that's where women get stuck and often fall off or you know, don't accelerate as much as they could. So the fact that we're able to offer something that isn't just scalable, but truly impactful, the efficacy is higher than anything else that is out there. Mm-hmm. And they're able to offer that you know, to the entire population, as opposed to just a tiny segment of 2% of the high performers is in itself a pretty powerful offer for them. And at this stage, it's also, you know, we're hearing all about the great resignation. I mean, it's it's the bleeding problem that every company is facing. So they're also looking for solutions that help them create a deeper sense of belonging in the workplace. And because our solution is cohort-based, it's women in groups of 10 led by an expert instructor and facilitator going through a step-by-step program over course of six months, there's a great sense of connection and belonging that is built as a result of that. And now you get to know your colleagues, you get to know yourself, you're advocating for yourself, you feel more empowered, and you have a a powerful mindset. So Mm -hmm. it's also having a positive impact on retention, which uh, is certainly helping us not having to make too much of a case to even convince our uh, corporate clients to jump on board. There's like a real craving for a sense of community inside the workplace right now. And it seems like you're addressing that and you're also helping people to individually grow. And both of those things together are so valuable for the individual and for the company. Yeah, I mean, the future of work is complex, right? Because remote or hybrid isn't going away. I mean, even though COVID was an accelerant to that, but there's no going back to the way it used to be Mm -hmm. with a nine to five office experience. Well, what does that mean in terms of collaboration or team connection or culture or even, you know, and women are going to be disproportionately affected by that because there are likely more mm-hmm. women who may choose a more hybrid approach for parental reasons and so forth. But if that starts to affect the career because they're not able to build those professional relationships or uh, get the mentorship they need to advance, that is another reason, a, another detractor to women advancing. And we're focused on solving that problem. So tell our listeners what types of companies you're targeting with Beyond Barriers, what size, like, it, you know, if, if someone wants to bring it to their employer, who are the right fit for you? You know, our um, initial assumption was that it would be Fortune 1000 companies because they have large global workforces. And, and mm-hmm. as you know, that's my background, both of our background and enterprise. And so that's where we started. What we were surprised about is that we've now scaled the gamut of 
leading tech companies, leading financial services companies, asset management firms, but even going down to small hedge funds, Mm -hmm. 100% companies to emerging startups. Because as long as you have 10 women, you know, in your organization that could benefit Mm -hmm. from this, it's a solution for that. So we've been surprised at the amount of inbound demand Mm -hmm. in terms of what's coming our way and realizing that it's actually equally applicable everywhere, including internationally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think what we're finding is that women hold up half the sky around the world globally. And you have women, you know, who are ambitious and career driven around the world. And we're finding that, you know, a lot of the same you know, things that are holding women back. It's almost kind of like we've just got to get out of our own way. And this is what the program is doing is just really unlocking them, enabling them to accelerate in their career. And realizing that companies in all parts of the world, of all sizes are actually dealing with the same exact problem, which has been interesting for us to observe from a different angle to see, wow, this is truly a universal problem. And Mm -hmm. every company right now is struggling for talent, holding on to talent and supporting and empowering their people to be high performing and support their wellness and well-being. Absolutely. I mean, especially after almost two years of being in a pandemic and what is now called the great resignation as an employer and everybody that I talk to who is an employer or in the position of hiring has the same challenge. And so it's like timely for so many companies to be able to find creative ways to accelerate their talent and support them for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's your ultimate vision for the company? To be the world's dominant platform for performance acceleration, we think the future is really going to be about, you know, for companies to thrive and to succeed, they have to invest in their talent and their talent has to be high performing. But unlike the way traditional learning and development and professional development was done, which was all about focusing on how to make someone productive, I think the future is going to be about how to unlock the full potential of the whole human. Mm -hmm. And that need will be greater over time, but it's also the solutions need to be specific to what women in the workplace needs. It's not a one size fits all. I love the vision and I really love the idea of not just equity, but the unlocking, right? Because when Mm -hmm. we talk about like people should be able to bring their most authentic self to work, we hear that said all the time. And a lot of that time it's about inclusion and being yourself. But I think it's bigger than that because it's also helping and providing a platform to unlock your superpower to really like excel and do the best work of your career. And it feels like this is something that might help do that, which is really cool. Okay, let's switch to advice. And maybe just if each of you could give a little bit of advice to women who are just earlier in their careers, starting out their careers, what's some advice you would give them? I would say don't ever lose that sense of wonder. And that curiosity to keep wanting to learn, to keep seeking out new opportunities. And most importantly, making sure that, you know, you are focusing on your career and you take charge of your career so that you can make sure that you are constantly headed towards that big dream. But learning is a superpower. So you may be graduating and going off and starting your career and thinking I'm done with all the learning, but actually you have to keep learning. Learning is the superpower so you can stay ahead of the game and reach all your dreams. And I would say choose the best opportunities, not the biggest paycheck. Mm -hmm. It's tempting when you're starting out your career to compare it to like what kind of offers you got or, you know, how much someone is paying you. 
but you're going to be much better served by choosing the best opportunities and perhaps even the best managers or mentors and stepping into that because you'll learn a lot faster, you'll grow a lot faster and all the dividends will come in time. That's really, really good advice. And and I appreciate you sharing that with people that are earlier in their career because we figure it out that you you go after the best opportunities and all the rewards will come. But Mm -hmm. if people know that earlier in their careers, they can go so much further and faster as a result of it. So how is that different than what you would tell mid-career women or those that have a little bit more experience? I think for mid-career women, you know, you get caught in the day-to-day and you, you know, you forget sometimes to pick your head up out of the weeds and really kind of look up to the stars and say, am I still heading in the direction of that North Star, that big dream that I had created for myself? And and if I'm off course, how do I course correct and get back, you know, on track and heading towards that North Star? And it can happen very easily because sometimes you get into this kind of cruise control mode and you let others or you let the organization or your manager or your team or whatever kind of tap you on the shoulder and lead the way for your career, opposed to you taking charge and really identifying what are those big opportunities that you want to take? What are those big risky opportunities that will help you build those competencies that you want and knowing what your superpower is and being able to leverage that? So I would say make sure you're constantly checking and that you're headed in the right direction and learning to say no when an opportunity comes that maybe doesn't keep you on that trajectory to be able to say no because I want to go here. So focus on the North Star. And I would say that in the mid-career stage, it also, for women especially, tends to coincide with changes in your personal life, right? There might be more demands personally, marriage, motherhood, other choices that you might make. And so often it tends to feel like you have to make binary choices. It's this or that. And I would say solve so that you it can be this and that. And there's always a way to find a creative solution. We yes. all have the same 24 hours in the day. And if you focus on how to be resourceful and ask for help, there's a way to make it an and, not an or. Thank you for that advice. I, I consider both of you dream makers. I'm curious <laughs> to hear when you hear that word, how does it resonate with you? And do you consider yourself a dream maker? Well, I've been writing my journal since I was a little girl and every year I would have this practice of writing what felt like a really big dream at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. And then when I look back, I would have achieved those dreams. And if not that year in a matter of time, and what I've always taken away is, wow, you know, just putting it down you know, makes it so mm-hmm. tangible and perhaps it's your mind that commits to it and you subconsciously keep moving in that direction because now you have a clear North Star. But it also has taught me how important it is to dream big because when I look back now, oftentimes I think, well, my dreams weren't big enough. Like it could have, the bigger it's been, the more real it's mm-hmm. become. So, so, you know, write down your dreams and dream big and keep dreaming even bigger. Yeah, I think it's super important. The power of the pen and writing down your dream in that moment, when you write it down and you see it black and white, it becomes tangible and really being able to kind of go back to that piece of paper and looking at your dream and start making it a vision. And you know what, if you reach your dream sooner than you think, then like Nikki said, it wasn't big enough. So then you've got to like scratch it out and make it bigger. But it's definitely one of those things where, you know, you have to keep dreaming and putting it out there and 
whatever you set your mind to, you'll get there. And we've been doing that now together over the last several yes. years. So, you know, even crafting those dreams and making those dreams come true together. But I think the other power of dreaming and writing down dreams is it also becomes evidence of success, which builds confidence. Yes. Because when you set a dream that at the time you set it felt a little impossible, maybe, or really mm-hmm. impossible, and then you get there, it also tells you of how much you're capable of. And that evidence of success keeps giving you a bigger and stronger foundation to achieve even more. Yeah. Yeah. And the other side to all of this is you're dream makers for yourselves, but you've also become dream makers for so many others. And that impact that you'll leave on all the people that go through the Beyond Barriers program and, and have access to it and have seen the results of that you're empowering all of the, all of those people to also build on their dreams, which I think you should just be so proud of. And I'm so happy I got a chance to hear a little bit about your story. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move into rapid fire and just ask you a few questions that I ask all of my guests and we can just have a little bit of fun with it. <laughs> Starting with, what's your wake up song? So I would say that this house is definitely influenced by Alicia Keys because <laughs> my wake up song is Empire State of Mind. Especially now that we're back in New York, like I feel like it's just, you know, it's where dreams are made of, right? Yeah. And mine is this girl is on fire. <laughs> Those are both incredible. If the 19 year old you asked you today what they should read or listen to, what would you say? I, you know, firmly believe in, again, the power of writing down your dreams. I'd love to do, and I always encourage people to do what we call, you know, create your greatest hits list. And anytime you make an, you know, you have an accomplishment and sometimes look back, right? As early as, you know, grade school, what are the things that you accomplished? Write them down and, you know, keep doing that every week. What did you accomplish? You know, what did you get accolades for? And before you know it, you're going to have a book. And that's the book you should constantly go back and reread so that you can remind yourself that you have a book of evidence that you are amazing and you can reach all your dreams. Like being the author of your own story. Yeah, be the author. Um, I would say for me, it's been um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it's an old book, but I really find it so powerful in terms of mindset. You know, it's the ability, the power of your mind and your ability to uh, imagine something and get to it is really the biggest accelerator for anybody and often is the biggest detractor when you're unable to get past that. Yeah, that's a great classic. Can either of you recommend a wine? Well, we're big champagne people because <laughs> <laughs> we love to celebrate, you know, in achieving your dreams, you have to celebrate the journey, like celebrate every step. So we love to pop bottles of wine all the time. <laughs> okay. One last thing. What should our listeners do tomorrow to help them become dream makers? Write it down. Yes. Put <laughs> pen to paper and write it down. Dream big. And one of the things I learned when I first met Nikki is I wrote down my dream and she looked at it. She's great. She was like, great, make it bigger. And (laughs) I like wrote it even bigger and I showed it to her and she's like, okay, make it even bigger. So write it down, look at it again, and then like revise it three times before it's like big enough. Yeah. That is amazing advice. Thank you both. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed reconnecting with you and sharing a glass. Cheers to you both. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having us, Neha. This was so fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Dream Makers podcast. You can reach out to me, Neha Sampat, on Twitter at NehaSF, that's N-E-H-A-S-F, 
with your comments, suggestions, your favorite wake up song, wine, or Dreammaker Woman to know. Please also leave a review and subscribe to Dreammakers wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, keep dreaming big, building up, and being a good human. <laughs>